You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, now I'm finally off mute. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min and our good friends over at Pro Prep. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and this is the very first edition of this month's Transfer Talk Specials. Now, we do this every transfer window. We will be bringing you a show Monday to Friday, plus any ad hoc ones that we need to put in there depending on what's happening at 5 p.m. where we will be discussing the latest Arsenal-related transfer reports and news. We'll be keeping you across some of the big news with regards to some of our rivals as well. Uh, But basically, we're going to be bringing you, as I say, our transfer talk show 5 p.m. Monday to Friday, live here on YouTube, and it will be available to audio listeners shortly afterwards as well. So, um, Love doing these during the transfer window, more so because it's kind of a, a really difficult plane to navigate, right? The, the first part is trying to work out what's genuine and what's not with regards to a lot of these reports. And the second part is then sharing our opinions on those players that we're linked with, sharing our opinions on the potential transfers uh, that are being discussed with regards to our football club. So lots and lots to get into. And on today's edition, we're going to be discussing the links with Alexander Isak, the Swedish striker, is said to be close to joining Arsenal, according to reports in Spain. We'll be discussing Harry Clark's imminent departure from the club. Lucas Torreira could be on his way to Fiorentina in a permanent deal. Maitland-Niles to Roma is still on, apparently, despite some reports uh, coming out earlier on today, suggesting that the deal was off. We'll also be talking about a potential destination for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, as well as the fact that Nottingham Forest's league game versus Barnsley this night has been postponed due to COVID cases and injury. So what does that mean for us? We take Nottingham Forest on, of course, at the weekend in the FA Cup. So lots and lots to unpack, lots and lots to get through. Uh, Looking forward to hearing from you guys in the comments as well. Let's say a few hellos before we dive right into it. Big hello to Steve, to Trevor, um, to Arsenal Legends, to Aaron, to Harvey, to Damien, who says the delay is annoying. Sorry, mate, Uh, was a couple of minutes late on the live stream. I do apologise. Uh, for that big hello to uh, Don Saki, to Vinita, to Omar, to Harvey, to Vinny, to Femi, uh, to Avic, to Odirile, to Snipe.Genius. Uh, lots of Happy New Year shouts in there. Happy New Year to you all as well. Uh, big Happy New Year to those of you joining us from across the pond. Chris Carrick joins us from New York. Uh, big hello to... Uh, happy Christmas as well. The Mafia boss, uh, Farhan Talks Football and John Knott, as well as the Mahai Guna. If I go through all of you, we'll be here all day. But hello to everybody. Happy New Year to those of you uh, who I haven't said it to already. So without further ado, let's dive into today's transfer talk show. And let's start off with the reports linking Arsenal with a move for Real Sociedad's Alexander Isak. Now, the Swedish striker is a player that's been supposedly on Arsenal's radar for quite some time. He's a player that we've discussed before. He's a player that a lot of Arsenal fans would be keen to see come into the football club. So what exactly is this report saying and who exactly 
does it come from? So the uh, originator of this story is uh, the Spanish outlet El Nacional, who say that the um, the Swedish striker is close to joining Arsenal uh, and that Real Sociedad have turned down advances from La Liga rivals Barcelona because the Gunners are edging closer to sign in the forward. Now, the report goes on to say that Arsenal have kept tabs on Isak for years and that the Swede has been uh, compared on a number of occasions to his uh, countryman Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Now, I don't really think they're that similar in terms of their playing styles. I know people call Isak the new Zlatan. I wouldn't say that. I think the fact that he's quite tall and quite gangly and quite lanky obviously plays a part in that as well. Uh, but he has shown um, some incredible uh, technical ability. He's played Europa League football and he was one of the stars at Euro 2020. I think that was when a lot of people kind of stood up and took notice of Alexander Isak, who he is, what he does. Um you know, Arsenal have been linked with a number of strikers in recent times. We've been linked with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, Jonathan David at Lille. Uh, Dusan Vlavic is someone that we've talked about quite a bit. Mason Greenwood of Manchester United has even been on that list. But um, El Nacional in Spain believe that a deal for Alexander Isak is a real, real possibility. Now, if I had to rate this on a scale of kind of one to ten in terms of how accurate I think this is, I'm not even going to give it a five at this point. And the reason for that is because we know that Arsenal, like Alexander Isak, we know he's a player that fits into what Arsenal are doing in a lot of ways. And we'll come on to that in a minute. But the thing that is in the back of my mind constantly when looking at this story and when discussing this story is the fact that we know, um, you know, we know that Real Sociedad are going to command top, top dollar for this player. Um, if you go and, and take a look at sort of his kind of status, if you look at his contract status, for example, he signed a new contract in the summer of 2021. Uh, and that contract runs until June 2026. Now, why did he sign that contract? Not necessarily because he wants to stay at Real Sociedad or will stay at Real Sociedad. He signed that contract, in my opinion, so that Real Sociedad could protect his value and could command the top dollar that I think they might, uh, if indeed a, a club comes swooming for him. So, yeah, um, I, I think it's still at the early stages, this one. You know, we're right at the beginning of the window. It's a shorter window. And so, to a degree, things have to kind of, you know, move quicker than they do in the summer. You know, you start the summer window kind of June, July, whatever it is, and you kind of got all this time and you're, you're going backwards and forth and you're trying to make deals happen and you're trying to get the best deals possible. Whereas January is very much, I know what I need. I know what I want. I'm going to go and get it now. And there isn't really time for the bargaining and time for the back and forth and time for the, well, let me just see what I'm going to do here and, and have a look around elsewhere um, because I might find a better deal. This is very much... Um, a very short window. And it means that if Arsenal are indeed interested in Alexander Isak, they're going to have to act quite quickly to get this deal tied up and done and all wrapped up between now and the end of this window. So for me, it's still not even at the five out of 10 mark yet. Um, I'd probably give it a three because I think that Arsenal are genuinely interested in Alexander Isak, that he is somebody that they do see uh, as uh, as fitting into what it is we're doing at the moment. I touched on that just a moment ago. What do I mean by that? I mean that in terms of his age profile, he's a good fit. In terms of the fact that Arsenal have looked to buy potential, he's a good fit. In terms of the fact that his probably greatest strength, even more so than his ability to score goals, is his ability to bring other people in the game and to operate 
not just within, but outside of the penalty area as well. And I just want to share some stats with you guys um, on this to give you a bit more of a kind of insight as to what it is that I'm exactly talking about when it comes to Alexander Isak. If you go and take a look at his profile on Sofa Score here, you'll see actually um, that in La Liga this season, he's only managed to score four goals. Now, am I massively worried about that? Um, no, I'm not. And the reason I'm not massively worried about that is because it feels like it's a bit of an anomaly. If you go back to the 2021 season, he managed to score 17 goals over the course of that campaign. Um, and if you go back to the season before that, the 1920 season, where he would have been even younger, uh, he managed nine, which is a, a decent return for a young striker coming through. So the 2021 season, he managed to get 17 goals. So he's proven that over the course of a season, he can score goals. This season, it hasn't gone as he'd have liked, but um, he brings other things to the game. You know, that's what Alexander Isak does. He he is someone who is is very much a team player who creates opportunities for others. And you only need to look at his kind of heat map here. And if I just let me see if I can zoom in uh, for those of you watching on YouTube um, into that heat map. Uh, continue. Where is it gone? Um, nope, it's disappeared when I zoom in changes to the mobile sort of setup, doesn't it? Anyway, you can see it there on your screens um, on the right-hand side. If you look at Alexander Isak's touch map in the, the Spanish top flight so far this season, he is very much somebody who gets involved in the game all over the pitch. He's not a penalty area striker as such. You can see he's very active and he's very present in the penalty area, but he also takes up positions in other areas. And I think that's key in what Mikel Arteta and Arsenal are looking for. If you look at the way, and you know what, we should do this now. If we compare that, for example, um, to that of Alexander Lacazette, I'm sure you'll find that Alexander Lacazette is concentrated in all different areas as well. There you go. So you look at Alexander Lacazette's heat map and it's pretty similar in the sense of he takes up positions all over the pitch and drops into areas a lot of the time not to score goals himself, not to get create space for himself, but to create space for others. And I think whoever it is that Mikel Arteta and Arsenal go out and get for this centre-forward position, it needs to be someone who is not only going to contribute goals themselves, but is also going to create that platform and that basis upon which the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe, um, Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli can all continue to thrive. And I think a lot of the reason that they do thrive when Lacazette is in the side is for that fact, because he does drop deep, he pulls left, he pulls right, and he creates spaces for those guys to attack from wide areas. And in Martin Odegaard's case, from deeper areas. So I think that Alexander Isak ticks a lot of boxes for Arsenal. The one box he maybe doesn't tick is being within budget. And I'm expecting, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm expecting the transfer budget to be allocated, if at all, in January to be far more modest than that that we saw in the summer and far more modest than that that I expect to see in the summer again uh, when we get to that point this year. So I think for me, January is uh, notoriously a, a very different window. It's a window in which you've got a small window of time to do business that you deem as a necessity. And I think that I would have initially said that the striker thing would be pushed down the road until the summer. And I still believe that will probably be the case. But with the situation around Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang now, you might feel that Arsenal would look to speed up that timeline, would look to bring uh, the striker thing to the kind of forefront of their priorities from fear of losing Alexander Lacazette and what happens in that case. Because yes, we've got Enketia, Yes, we've got Balogun. 
None of them, though, are like Alexander Lacazette. So, you know, that for me is, is going to significantly impact the way we play if we're without Lacazette. And so I'm desperate to see if Arsenal can, and this doesn't mean you rush it and you bring in someone who's not necessarily fit for purpose, but if Arsenal can do a deal like this and do a deal that sees them strengthen for the short term, but also gives that player time to then prepare, develop, embed into the culture and understand exactly what's asked of him next season, that would be bloody great, wouldn't it? So if it could be done this season, uh, this season, this month, if a transfer can be done this month that sees Arsenal bringing a striker they believe is fit for purpose um, and one that will fit into this team and into this system moving forward, go and do it now. Um, but that doesn't mean that you should compromise on the quality, that you should compromise on your list of objectives or your list of targets because of the need to kind of almost do it quicker. It's It's got to be the right situation. It's got to be the right opportunity. And I hope that Arsenal, if they do have an opportunity to bring in someone of Alexander Isak's quality, someone who would serve us well for many years to come, then I hope that they take that opportunity in January. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the download on Alexander Isak being heavily linked with a move to Arsenal. Uh, El Nassia now in Spain claim that Real Sociedad have turned down advances from Barcelona uh, in order to facilitate Alexander Isak's move to Arsenal, which they say is close to being agreed. Now, again, reliability meter. I think we'll put this in um, over the course of the month. Um, how reliable do I believe this report is? And I'm going to rate these rumours or whatever these stories. I'm going to rate them from one to ten. I'm going to give this a three at the moment. And it only gets a three because I know that Arsenal admire Alexander Isak. But I don't know that an offer has been accepted. I don't know that an offer has even been discussed. And I don't even know that Arsenal are definitely going to kind of speed up that timeline with regards to bringing in a striker and make this move in January. So it's a three out of ten on the reliability scale for me right now. Not completely at zero because of that historic link and because of obviously the the admiration that Arsenal have for the player. Um, but it isn't it can't be any higher than that because of I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I kind of I have my own sort of list of of sources that I'd say are, are kind of the ones that you really should be looking at and the ones that kind of are on the borderlines of clickbait. And I think El Nacional at times have proven that they kind of fall into that more clickbaity category than anything else. So um, when you take that into consideration and you take into consideration the fact that it's going to cost a sizable amount of money to get him out of Sociedad in January, I think anything more than a three is incredibly generous. Um, moving on, I want to know what you guys would say. How, In fact, let's get the reliability uh, table going in the chat box. How reliable do you think this report is from El Nacional? Rank it one to ten in the chat box. I'll go through some of yours. Remember, my ranking is a three. I think it's uh, that's how low down on the scale it should be at this moment in time. Um, in terms of what the reliable sources are, uh, because Caps is asking that question in the chat. Whoops. Uh, let me just find it. Um, where is it? Uh, what are the reliable sources? Um, you know, there are certain people, you know, your Charles Watts, your David Ornsteins, your James Benjes. When it comes to Arsenal stuff, your Amy Lawrences, these are the people that you look at and you go, yeah, um, you know, they, they, they've got their sources and they get their information. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for a story to come out that way. Uh, but that doesn't mean that somebody was right before that. 
Um, it, it just means that it, it took a little bit of a while to filter through. So I'm always reluctant to get carried away on reports like this, especially when you're talking about mega money transfers like this one is likely to be. But as I say, because of that historic interest and because of the fact that I know Arsenal like the player, I don't. I, I can't give it a zero. I think a three is probably about fair. Femi's gone uh, with a six. Andrew says two. Arsenal Legends giving it four out of ten. Happy Christmas has gone with a five. Josh says zero. Afsar one. Junior Howell two. Uh, we've got four, three, one, uh, two to three, but possible is kind of where I'm at as well. Um, so it, it's clear that a lot of you uh, are around about the same sort of mark as me in terms of how reliable you think that this story is. But a couple of you have asked me the question in the chat box, would I take Alexander Isak? Yeah, I would. Um, he's got a lot of attributes that I think would work really well with this team. And I think that's really important, right? I think in the past it's been, especially towards Wenger's kind of old, and, old days, uh, Wenger, the back end of Wenger's tenure, it was very much, well, this guy's a good player. Let's get him and let's try shoehorn him in as best as possible. But he never really had the the structure around to always facilitate those players to be at their maximum. And we never always brought in the players that fit into what we were trying to do specifically. Um, and it's why we were left with a lot of dead wood at the end of it. I think when you think about Alexander Isak or anybody that's going to potentially play in the centre-forward position for Arsenal moving forward, it's important that you look at various elements of their game. And the biggest one for me is the link-up play. It's no coincidence that since Alexander Lacazette has, has taken over as the centre-forward, we've been much better. It's no coincidence that our best performances last season, in a lot of instances, came when Lacazette was playing through the middle. Yeah, you know, historically, maybe he doesn't get as many goals as Aubameyang. He outscored him last season, but prior to that, he wasn't, you know, as, as prolific as we'd have liked. But it's what he gives everybody else and it's what he does for the team in terms of work rate, in terms of setting the tone for the press, in terms of creating spaces, as I mentioned earlier, for other players to get into and cause problems themselves. I think that right now is really, really important. And in Alexander Isak, you've got somebody who has a lot of that already. You could argue you could probably do with scoring a few more goals, certainly this season. But that can come. He can develop. We're talking about someone with the potential to develop, with the room to develop, with a potentially huge sell-on value in the future and somebody who fits, as I said again, uh, earlier on, within the transfer strategy that Arsenal have clearly uh, looked to adopt. So, yeah, I would take Alexander Isak. In fact, I'd be delighted if Arsenal were to get this deal over the line. But at this moment in time, as I say, it is still very early in the window and it does still feel like paper talk to me. But worth mentioning, because there's a lot of noise around this uh, today, of course. In other news, uh, Arsenal defender Harry Clark will join Hibernian, it seems, after the two clubs agreed a deal over the weekend. Now, Harry Clark um, has uh, spent the first half of the season up on loan at Ross County in Scotland. He featured 17 times for them, scored three goals uh, during his time at the club. Uh, but he'll now head to Hibernian after Arsenal and Hibs agreed uh, a deal, uh, which is uh, a loan deal initially, but it's got an option to purchase clause uh, being included in there as well. Um, 
Malky Mackay, who is the Ross County boss, uh, says, although we are disappointed to be losing Harry, I would like to thank him for his contribution in the last, last six months. And I think he's become an even more rounded player in that time. I hope he feels his time spent here in Dingwall has been enjoyable and we would like to wish him well in his career moving forward. So he certainly made an impression on those at Ross County. I've got to be honest, not a player I know an awful lot about. Uh, obviously spent some time out on loan as well last season at Oldham. Um, but a player that the club... I thought had high hopes for uh, the fact that they are allowing him to leave uh, and join Hibernian though, when, uh, you know, when we're going through this kind of project youth and at a time where, you know, they felt that the right thing is to give him a, uh, or, or to give them an option to purchase clause. It kind of shows you that maybe Arsenal don't think that his future is at Emirates stadium and that maybe Arsenal uh, are not as convinced on the player as we maybe thought they might have been um, in recent seasons or or over the last couple, at least, when we've heard things about him kind of coming through. So, uh, yeah, it looks like he's uh, going to be joining Hibernian, as I say, initially on a loan deal, but they'll have a option to purchase the player at the end of that, should they choose to. In other news, uh, Lucas Torreira is supposedly close to joining Fiorentina on a... Uh, permanent deal now of course Lucas Torreira currently plays his football for La Viola uh, in Serie A it was reported last month that discussions had been held between uh, the Florence-based club and Arsenal over this permanent move and that they're hoping to complete or conclude something in this month look with Lucas Torreira he's been out on loan for a couple of seasons now it's clear that he doesn't have a future at Emirates Stadium and I'm just kind of at the point now where it's just like, just let him go and just get whatever you can. And anything you can get for somebody like Lucas Torreira would be a bonus. Is he a good footballer? Yeah, I think he is. He's played quite well in, in Florence from what I'm told, from what I read. Um, just isn't suited to the Premier League. Obviously, not just because of the way he plays, not just because of you know the lack of physicality that people often pointed to in the past, but clearly because... You know, he doesn't like the lifestyle and that's massive. If you're not happy in yourself, how can you possibly perform to the highest level? How can you possibly perform to your maximum? So look, no hard feelings. Wish Lucas Torreira all the best. And I kind of hope that this deal does get done for him in January so that his future is settled. A player who made his name in Serie A and, uh, and continues to kind of build his reputation in that league. It's a league that suits him down to AT. Uh, so wishing him all the best. Uh, moving on, Ainsley Maitland-Niles uh, is seemingly on his way to Roma. Now, there's been some contradictory reports on this over the last 24 hours. Uh, I read something this morning that said the deal was off. And I went on to read something this afternoon that said, actually, the deal is very much on. Now, according to Corriere della Sport, um, Roma are on the verge of securing the Ainsley Maitland-Niles transfer with reports stating that the deal has been signed off and personal terms have now been agreed on the move. Of course, Everton were linked with him. Arsenal blocked that move and he took to social media to kind of voice his frustration at his lack of playing time at that point. He has played eight Premier League games so far this season, uh, but, you know, his, uh, his total minutes... Uh, amounts to less than three 90-minute stints. So you can understand why he's still feeling frustrated. Uh, according to the report from Corriere della Sport, uh, the England international will sign on an initial loan deal 
with a three-year deal commencing from July the 1st. The deal will run until the summer of 2025 and see Maitland-Niles earn two and a half million euros per season or 40 grand a week after tax. Uh, they say that the, the player is now ready to say his goodbyes to his Arsenal teammates and furthermore, the versatile star will secure that deal once a payment structure is agreed. Now, Roma are said to be looking to pay around about 10 million euros. That's 8.4 million pounds for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, while Arsenal are looking for something more like 15 million euros, which comes to around about 12.6 million pounds. It seems according to Corriere della Sport, that both parties are quite open, however, to agreeing to something in the middle of that, that we'll see uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles' move over to Rome completed. Um, yeah, look, we, we've had the discussion about Maitland-Niles time and time again. You know, it's clear that he doesn't feature as prominently in the plans as, as he would like. Um, it's strange. It's weird. It's a difficult one to get your head around when you consider that Arsenal had the opportunity to move him on, not once, but twice previously. It's strange that we do that now um, after kind of making a big song and dance about keeping him. Is there a desire to sell him abroad? Would that be Arsenal's preference? I'm sure it is. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have to just, you know, if he's not good enough for Mikel Arteta to play a bigger role, then it shouldn't be that much of a big deal losing him, should it? And and I just feel like we've got to the point now where we've tried to keep him. We've tried to persuade him that his future is at Arsenal. It's just not happening for him uh, for whatever reasons. He's clearly not ahead of Granit Xhaka in the pecking order. He's clearly not ahead of Thomas Partey. And he's clearly not ahead of, um, you know, of, of even Sambi Lakonga. So moving him on feels like the right thing if you can get a bit of money for him. Uh, great. It feels like it's gonna, when, when you're trying to move players on, you can't always dictate the terms, right? You want to move the player on because they're not fit for purpose. Therefore, it makes your negotiating position quite weak. And I think that's the issue that Arsenal have with someone like Ainsley Maitland-Niles now. It's, well, he's not part of your plans. Therefore, we're not going to play top dollar. Um, you know, we're not going to play top dollar for him. And, and as a club, how are you supposed to push back on that when your team selections on a weekly basis reflect that he is below the standards that you feel is necessary. It's it's a really difficult position to be in. And, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of these loans with obligations to buy, but as teams look to kick the can down the road and continue to try and recover from COVID-19 and the impacts of that, especially when you're talking about clubs in Serie A, especially when you're talking about clubs abroad who were hit harder uh, by the pandemic and have, have suffered more as a consequence of it. Right, so those are my uh, updates with regards uh, to a player's potentially leaving. And, of course, that report on Alexander Isak. Another player that's potentially leaving, though, uh, is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, of course, sent off to the African Cup of Nations early ahead of schedule. Mikel Arteta explained in the week that that was because he felt that if the player wasn't going to be involved, then it was better that he went there and got fit and stayed fit. Um, as opposed to just kind of hanging around training by himself at London Colney. Uh, Newcastle are the latest club to be linked with him, but it just feels like with Newcastle United right now, everybody and anybody of any kind of uh, stature who is linked with a move will be linked to Newcastle because of the money that they have available. It happened with Chelsea when they first got their major cash injection. It happened with Manchester City 
and uh, and it feels like it's happening again with Newcastle. I'm not sure that's a move Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will be too keen on, I have to say, uh, given sort of his career to date. Does he want to go and play in a relegation scrap? Newcastle certainly have the money to make it worth his while. But is that what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang wants? I suspect we're going to have trouble moving Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang on this month. And that is something that probably uh, we'll have to wait until the summer, unfortunately. But he is being linked, as I say, with a move to Newcastle United. Um, the final thing I wanted to just quickly touch on before we take a few of your questions for the last sort of 10 minutes of the show is the fact that Nottingham Forest's league game this evening against Barnsley in the Championship has been postponed due to COVID cases and injuries within the squad, which puts into question whether Arsenal's game against uh, Nottingham Forest at the weekend in the FA Cup third round will go ahead. Now, you know, I think that it probably will. I think that they'll do their utmost to make it happen. We've still got quite a bit of time uh, for them to kind of get over it, for them to kind of uh, move on from some of those cases and hopefully get some players back for their sake anyway. But I, I just, I look at the schedule and I look at the fact that we've got Carabao Cup semi-finals coming up this Thursday and, you know, uh, the following Thursday against Liverpool. And I'm just wondering where on earth this game gets fit in if it isn't played at the weekend, which makes me feel that the powers that be will do everything they can um, to try and, um, you know, make sure that this fixture goes ahead. Could just give us a bye through to the next round. I'd take it. No doubt about that. Right. Let's take some of your questions, pop them in the live chat box. We'll take a few of those just to round up on the news on today's uh, transfer talk show. Arsenal being heavily linked with a move for Real Sociedad's Alexander Isak El Nassia. Now say that Arsenal are close to agreeing a deal with Real Sociedad who have rebuffed attention from Barcelona in order to try and facilitate this move. Arsenal defender Harry Clark will join Scottish side Hibernian, it seems, uh, after the two clubs agreed a deal over the weekend. That'll be initially a loan deal with an option for Hibernian to purchase the player come the end of the season. Lucas Torreira is also reportedly to, uh, close to sealing a permanent move away from Arsenal. He looks as though he will join Fiorentina. It's said that the two clubs have been discussing a transfer fee since last month. Maitland-Niles to Roma appears to still be on, according to reports from Corriere della Sport. Uh, Newcastle United are said to be interested in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and questions have been asked with regards to Arsenal's fixture against Nottingham Forest at the weekend, which could potentially be in doubt given the COVID cases and the uh, injuries that they are currently contending with. Right, let's take uh, some of your questions from the chat. Let's take this one from Cliff, who says, when you say we try to persuade him, who do you mean? Mikel has taken the piss out of this lad since he's got here. I hope the lad does bits and makes us look like mugs. I don't think Mikel's taken the piss out of him. Um, I think that's massively harsh. I think that... Mikel Arteta and Arsenal felt that Ainsley Maitland-Niles was a valuable member of the squad. And I've always said this, largely due to his versatility, more so than his ability to play as a centre midfielder. He made it clear that he wants to be a centre midfielder. He was given some opportunities this season. But ultimately, Cliff, he's not better than Granit Xhaka and he's not better than Thomas Partey. And the recent run of results and the recent performances... Um, have indicated that actually we're right not to have him in the starting eleven. So I don't think anybody's taking the piss out of anybody. I just think that Arsenal wanted to give it a bit longer, wanted to have another look at the player. And I just feel like we've reached the point now where we clearly don't think he will make that next step at Arsenal. And so it's only fair to let him go. 
Um, the player's under contract and he's getting paid a handsome amount of money. Nobody's getting mugged off. Nobody's getting taken the piss out of. He is, you know, at a massive football club. And I would question whether he'll ever play for a football club of this size again, if indeed he does leave us this month. So I don't think he's been mugged off. I don't think he's been taken the piss out of. I think he's been given some more time to prove himself whether that be on the pitch or on the training ground. And clearly, if Arsenal are entertaining the idea of him moving on for what feels like a bit of a nominal fee, then they obviously don't feel that he's at that level and, and have, have decided that no more chances. It's, it's time to move him on. Um, let's see what else we've got. Uh, lots of you uh, tuning into the United Wolves game. Yeah, I'm going to go and stick that on as well uh, as soon as we finish up here. Uh, Arsenal Granny says, when does 90 min start back up? Uh, 90 min, uh, I'm assuming, is going to start up at some point again this week. Um, had a little bit of a Christmas break. Uh, I'm sure we're going to hear from the lads in, in the coming days. Everybody's getting back to work uh, tomorrow, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned and, and stay tuned to my Twitter feed. I'll um, I'll post as soon as I know uh, that we're coming back on that. Uh, John Knott says, any updates on Bruno Guimaraes? Uh, I've read reports over the last few days that Arsenal are really interested in the player, but nothing uh, really jumps out at me today when I was doing my kind of uh, run through the stories that we were going to discuss. But I will keep you posted throughout the window on that one uh let's see what else we've got um da -da 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 -da. Uh, afsar says moon the likes yes please do we've got 111 likes on the board there's 300 of you watching us right now on youtube let's get that to 150 at least it should be easy um thracian king says Isak's new contract has a 90 million euro release clause. Don't see it happening in January at that money. I don't either. But just because the release clause is there, it doesn't mean that Real Sociedad wouldn't entertain something less. Now, remember that in Spain, everybody has a release clause. It's part and parcel of the way they do business. And they put these big release clauses in to protect themselves. They put these release clauses in to protect themselves uh, against having... Um, you know, their pockets picked of their their prized jewels, if you like. So I think for me, um, just because they've set that 90 million release clause, it doesn't mean that they can't accept anything less than that. It just means that someone can't come in and bully them if they don't want to be bullied, that someone can't come in and, and cause them a problem if they, they're not entertaining themselves, the idea of selling the player. Uh, Omar, this is a nice question. He says, um, how are the kids doing? Any problems they cause during the Christmas break? They're doing fine, man. Um, the little one, the little girl, she's good as gold. Um, my little boy's become a bit of a troublemaker, but they tell me it's the terrible too. So I'm trying really hard to keep my patience uh, with him. But thank you for asking, mate. Really, really appreciate that. Um, Obote says, how does Vlavic compare to Isak? I think Vlavic is a bit more of a, a penalty box striker. Uh, obviously, he's quite good at dropping into deeper areas and running channels as well, more so than maybe some people give him credit for. But I think that Vlavic is a goal scorer. Isak is a, a link-up striker, and I think that's very different. I think there are players who are very, very good at the link-up play. I think Olivier Giroud was spectacular when it came to link-up play. I thought they were, he was one of the best in the business at holding the ball up, bringing other people into it. Maybe not as clinical as you'd have wanted him to be, though, at certain points. Um, and I think the same can probably be said of Alexander Isak as well. But the thing I take encouragement from with him is that he's got so much room to develop and so much, so many years ahead of him still to improve that side of his game. So I think Vlavic is more of a ready-made goal scorer today 
but I don't know that Vlavic gives you as much outside of the penalty area and will give as much to those playing around him as Isak does. So that's where I think they differ for me. Uh, Steve Stone says, off topic, some journalists have said that Emirates was really rocking uh, for the City game. It didn't come across too loud on the TV. Do you think the crowd volume is turned down? If so, why? Um, it certainly was rocking. I thought the crowd were magnificent at the weekend. And even with, uh, you know, a, a pretty disappointing turnout. Look, I know that there is the COVID situation. I understand if people don't feel safe to attend and feel like they can't or shouldn't. Um, I totally respect that. But the point I'm making is that simply the Emirates wasn't at capacity at the weekend. And I still thought the atmosphere was very, very good. So, yeah, um, a couple of people tweeted me when I tweeted at half time saying that the Emirates is rocking, that uh, no, it isn't. And I, and I have to question whether those people were at the games. If you were at the game, I think the general consensus has been that it was a very, very good atmosphere. Unfortunately, though, um, you know, that doesn't always come across on the television. Uh, Leandro Goodwin says, bro, are these Isaac rumours trustworthy? Um, as uh, Rewind back, Leandro. We did, um, we rated the rumour. That's what we're going to be doing through this transfer window. And I rated this one at a three out of 10, uh, purely because I feel like there is a genuine interest in Alexander Isak and has been historically, which gives it some credence, but I can't even put it at a five because of the fact that I don't know Arsenal have made an official approach. I don't know that Arsenal are, are even close uh, or even trying to broker a deal for the Sweden international right now. Um, Paratosh says, Anthony Martial, no, thank you. Uh, not interested in uh, in Anthony Martial. Hasn't really um, taken off in the Premier League. And if you remember his first game, was he scored that magnificent goal, didn't he, for Man United at Old Trafford against Liverpool. And you thought, my God, they've got one hell of a player here. But he's never really pushed on from that uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, but yeah, no, not for me. Right. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Snipe.genius. Harry, is it true? Morata is going to Barcelona. Um, I'm not overly qualified or I'm not even qualified to talk about their transfers, to be honest with you, mate. But I have read that as well, uh, which would be interesting. It seems like Barcelona have restructured, rejigged some of their debt in an attempt to be a little bit more active in the transfer market and hopefully close the gap on, on uh, Real Madrid in terms of competitiveness. Because they feel like they're a million miles away at this moment in time. Uh, just a quick reminder, hit the like button if you haven't done so already. We're still not at 150 likes. We're around about 20 likes away. So please do smash the like button if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. Help us on the road towards 18,000 subscribers. We'd like to get there sooner rather than later. Fahan Talk says, is Madison still a target for Arsenal? I don't believe so. Um and, and I've said this before and I said it throughout the summer and I was actually laughed at uh, on here for saying this, but I didn't feel that Madison was ever a, a target unless Martin Odegaard was unattainable. Martin Odegaard was always Arsenal's number one target from the minute he signed for the club on loan and, and impressed immediately. Mikel Arteta made it clear to Arsenal that he wanted to get him in on a permanent deal. Only when it looked as though that deal might not be possible did Arsenal begin to look at other options, the likes of Emi Buendia, James Madison, etc., etc. Martin Odegaard was always the number one target. And having got him, I don't believe that James Madison uh, will be under consideration now. Right. Uh, what else uh, have we got in the chat? Um, I'm going to take one more question uh, before we wrap up. By the way, we bring you these transfer talk shows 
on a daily basis every time there's a transfer window. But I appreciate that times change, right? So if there's anything you want me to include in them, to not include parts you like, parts you don't like, let me know in the comment section uh, after the show ends so that I can go back and refer to them. Because ultimately, you guys consume the content. I want to make it as best as possible for you guys. Also, a shout out to all members of the YouTube channel. You can become a member by clicking on the link in the description. We are going to be holding on Wednesday a podcast with three members. So register your interest. If you're in the members Discord server, DM me if you want to come in and I will uh, sort it out. I'll let you know the details for those members in the Discord server so you can register your interest, yes or no. I want to chat to three of you live on a show. Um, so yeah, that's uh, and then next week we'll get another three and another three and we'll rotate it around among those who want to be involved. So looking forward to that. Uh, let's take this one um, from Snipe.Genius as the final uh, question of the show. He says, Harry, what's your opinion of Noah Lang and Florian Verts? Do you think they suit us? Don't know a lot about Lang. I've got to be honest. So I'm not going to pretend I do. If, if that rumor link comes up over the course of the window, I'll make sure I do my due diligence and my research and make sure that... Um, that I'm up to speed on that. But Florian Wirtz is a player I really like. Uh, I watched him for Bayer Leverkusen against Celtic in the Europa League this season. I was commentating on the game and I was taken aback by how silky, how classy um, and how technically brilliant he seems. And at such a young age as well, he's a real talented player. But I don't really know that we're shopping in that kind of area of the pitch anymore you know we've got Emil Smith Rowe we've got Saka we've got Martinelli where we, we've got in the side at the moment you've got Odegaard Smith Rowe there too there's too many players of that kind of ilk for me at Arsenal right now to suggest that he would be a realistic target but he's certainly a player I like and one whose career I'll be following very closely uh, over the coming years uh, just a quick message from our sponsors uh, before we go make sure you check out Pro Prep uh, our good friends uh, who are currently sponsoring the show. As I say, uh, ProPurpose is the perfect study tool for uni students undertaking science, technology, engineering, or math-related modules, and it can half your study time. So if you know anybody who is studying, um, who is doing uh, a degree uh, in any of the uh, following, as I say, science, technology, engineering, or math-related stuff, then please do divert them over to ProPrep. They're a they provide uh, customized STEM study tools that match your syllabus. They provide long lectures condensed down into short video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've learned with practice questions and exercises. You can submit questions to the pro prep professors and have video answers sent back to you. And they've created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go over to proprep.uk slash info slash football. There you can sign up for a free 30-day trial without inputting any credit card information and check it out. That's P-R-O-P-R-E-P, Pro Prep. And we thank them for their kind sponsorship of the program. Support Pro Prep. You're supporting the Chronicles of Aguna. Right, I am going to leave it there. Thank you to every single one of you for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, with another edition of our Transfer Talk show. Um, I'd love to see Alexander Isak at the Arsenal. But is it going to happen? According to my feeling... Not right now, but things could change between now and the end of the window. I'll catch you tomorrow. Goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler. 
and you're listening to Harry Simeon.